and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I am not joined as always by Chaff this week, but I've got Ryan with me. Ryan, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, we've got Luke with us as well. Luke, how are you getting on? Good, mate. Still buzzing from Saturday. Yeah, slightly better mood this week. And we've got a debutant with us as well this week. Jacob, thanks for joining us tonight, mate. No problem. Thanks for having me. So we finally got a win to talk about, boys, which is nice, isn't it? Uh, it's been a while since we've managed to pick up three points, but a good performance on Saturday saw Dale pick up a surprise 2-1 win at Lincoln, and we've no Tuesday game this week. Uh, and potentially a podcast with a former player coming later this week. We thought we'd dive on and have a chat through that Lincoln game. So, Ryan, I'll come to you first. Um, where did that come from, basically? No idea for result. I think... I said to you a lot during the game, I thought that the first half performance was similar to the, the first half against Shrewsbury last week. Um, key difference being we got we got that goal, um, but the more the first half went on, the more worried I was that if we'd have gone into half-time at nil-nil, I think it might have been a struggle in the second half. But the fact we got that goal sort of 10 minutes before half-time was a big positive for us, a good goal as well. And, yeah, surprised because I think we all said after the Lincoln game at Spotland that they're probably one of the better sides we'd seen in terms of how organised they were. And yeah, we just we pretty much dominated the game from start to finish, I thought. And it was a really, really good performance. Yeah, Jacob, do you agree with that in the, the Shrewsbury game it was just the case of us not being able to get the goal? Or do you think it was a slightly more improved performance even from that against Lincoln? I think it was improved from the Shrewsbury game, but I think the performance has been coming. I think the last two games, Sunderland and, and Shrewsbury, we've had the performance, but not for 90 minutes. I think the key difference on Saturday was that we, we managed to get the performance for you know 95 minutes. And uh, yeah, the, the relief when that first goal went in, because yeah, I had similar feelings to Ryan. If we didn't take them chances in the first half, it was just going to be same old story. So that was a huge, just relief for me, the, the the first goal and then the result in the end as well. Yeah, Luke, how much did you celebrate both of those goals? Because I've been getting some funny looks from the neighbours, to be honest, since Saturday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, gave my, uh, I think I gave my cat an heart attack, to be honest with you. Um, me, me and Sarah had fallen out as well, so it's not what you want, is it, when you can hear your, uh, your boyfriend screaming the house down after an argument, but... Uh, so be it. It was uh, it was worth it, and it was nice just to kind of let out a bit of frustration within the celebration as well. Um, enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a shame that um, we weren't there to celebrate it. I suppose, but definitely agree with that. There was a lot of uh, a lot of frustration coming out in my celebrations as well on Saturday. Um, Ryan, you touched on it a minute ago, but Lincoln didn't quite look the same team, did they? Um, as when they came to Scotland. Do you think that was more a case of us shutting them down and preventing them from playing? I know they have a couple of players missing as well, but it definitely didn't look like the same team that we were all so impressed by when they came to Scotland. I'd like to say it's a lot to do with how we played. I think when we did play Lincoln, did, did they get an early goal? I, um, I thought we managed to keep, keep them at bay for a while, to be honest. 
but I can't right. quite remember. I remember it being one of those games though where we were slow in our play. We got the ball and they were set in a four four two for you know, pretty much the whole game. Um so we were obviously quicker, a bit more direct on Saturday. Um, albeit direct with shorter passing rather than going long. And I, the pressing as well was really impressive from the team. I think we obviously changed shape as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say it's down to us, but they obviously had an off day. Um, but what I will say is a lot of Lincoln fans that I've seen on social media and things like that have, have very much praised us rather than suggest that they had a really bad day. So that tells me that it's probably more down to us as well. And it's not just us being overly excited about the result. I think they saw how well we played. And yeah, it was just a really good day against... You wouldn't have known, I think Martin said it on commentary, if you were a neutral rock watching that, you wouldn't have any idea which team was... If you told someone one team were bottom and one team were third, you'd be you'd be talking about us being promotion contenders, wouldn't you? So um, yeah, I'd like to say we're down to us, but... There's no doubt that they were the best. Yeah, Jacob, it was a, the three-five-two, wasn't it? Again, five-three-two with the wing backs. It's something that a lot of fans have been calling for all season, uh, and it's something that BBM's reverted to in the last couple of weeks. Um, have you been impressed with that that formation? Do you think it's the right way to go for the remainder of the season now, given the performances that you touched on there against Shrewsbury and uh, Lincoln? Yeah, I think I'm one of those who's been calling for it for a while, just based on the personnel we've got. I think it suits us. Um, you know, we've got strong centre-halves, so we're having three, you know, uh, centre-halves central in the pitch, hopefully defending uh, where we haven't been defending recently is useful. Um, I don't think the wide players we've got, um, specifically Bar and Newby, offer enough consistently, both going forward and defensively. So I think shoring up in the middle of the park with the central midfield players we've got is is key. And then Humphreys has been isolated recently as well, so it's good to see, you know, Matty Dom was like a man possessed on Saturday. Um, he looked like the man of old. So I think just nice to see uh, a partnership with Humphreys up top as well with, with the absence of Beasley. So I just think that the, the formation suits the players that we've got. Uh, I thought it was daft. The 4-4-2 never made sense to me and, and it was... It was starting to really get on my nerves eventually. And that was the, the major sticking point I had with BBM was his almost willingness not to change that. So to see he's, he's changed that is great. And I think we're starting to see some results from that now. And Luke, it was the first time that uh, Owen O'Connell had slipped into that back three as well, wasn't it? As he, he played in midfield against Shrewsbury, um, or started in midfield rather. Do you think that's probably our best back three as well? I know that means... Uh, we may be slightly weaker in midfield, but that it gives us that experience and solidity, doesn't it, having him alongside Osho and McShane? Yeah, I think as a, purely as a defensive back three, I would say that probably is, because I think Osho's a better defender than Roberts, um, but Roberts is probably better on the ball. Um, so um, as a defensive back three away from home, playing a side like Lincoln, um, we said before, and we were debating whether Roberts could feel our Dunsey uh, after how he played against Shrewsbury. But you know, Osho had a really good game. You know, he he did slip in in the first half, which nearly led to a goal. But apart from that, he defended really well. Um, and just going back to kind of the formation, it's it's not just the formation that's changed. We've definitely changed the manner in which we're playing as well. We're getting the ball forward earlier. Um, there's times when. 
players are getting closed down in the final third where historically throughout the course of the season we'd kind of go across the back four or go back to Bizunu. But instead we're, we're kind of playing that percentage ball, I suppose, forward. And I think that's playing to our strengths as far as we've got Matty Dorn, who's, um, like Jacob said, he's playing like a man possessed, really, because he's, um, he's, he's he really is stretching the the, defendi- the defensive lines and um, that frees up space for Humphrey, which I think was demonstrated in the winner, to be honest with you. It was a hoof forward from O'Connell, a hoof forward that could well have been one of them that goes back to Bizunu. You let Lincoln set up shape-wise, Bizunu hoofs it, you go nowhere with it, whereas it was a quick forward ball by O'Connell that Dunn kind of ran on to and picked up the second ball and and Humphreys was was kind of well he wasn't away. He he made the goal for himself in many ways. But um I think we we kind of played in a way that kept Lincoln guessing. Um and I think in a weird way as well, it allowed us to play our football because we stretched them and then we picked up the second ball and then we was able to play through the lines and it was just just so much better to watch. Um but yeah, going back to your question, mate, yeah, I think that is our be- our best defensive three. Ryan, both the other guys have touched on it there, but uh, Matty Doan's performance on Saturday was particularly impressive, wasn't it? I gave him man of the match in my report and we were talking, saying that we hope he gets some rest because he ran for absolutely days, didn't he, on Saturday? He was fantastic. Oh, yeah. He was superb. I think Jacob said it were, it were like the prime Matty Doan when we saw him to Sheffield United. It was unbelievable. And I think the style will suit him. I think He's had a lot of criticism um, on my socials, on my message board and, and by us on my pod this season. Um, but I think we forget sometimes that he's not a left-back. He's been thrown in at left-back a few times in the past, but he's never been a, a regular left-back. And then when he's played up front, it's very much been ball to feet, um, trying to link the play. And that's not Matty Dawn. Matty Dawn's a... Like Luke said, give him a percentage ball around the back. Let him, you know, chase defenders down. Let him chase balls into the corners, and create something with a, a, a slide pass in the middle. And we've seen that twice to Humphreys. Um, unfortunately, Humphreys aren't put him away. But I think we're just seeing. We'd all thought he'd lost his pace, and I think that's down to it weren't using his pace because there were no space to do it because we were letting teams sit back. And I think what we've seen is he hasn't lost his pace. And if he has, it might only be half a yard. But yeah, I thought he were excellent. Um, I think he really compliments Humphreys well, which is, I think, is a positive for Humphreys as well because he's shown that he can play with a big target man and he can play with a little quick striker like Matty Dorn as well. So I think that stands Humphreys in good stead. Um, but he just gives a lot of flexibility because he can drift wide. Um, and yeah, I think you rightly gave him man of a match because I thought he were excellent. I think, Rathbone can probably count himself a little bit unlucky in that, but yeah, Matty Dorn was unreal. And it, I love the goal cam videos as well because it showed how much it meant to Matty Dorn. Um, I love that. And I think, yeah, hopefully he can carry this on for the rest of the season because he, you know, he's, he's playing for a contract, isn't he? Yeah, I, I suppose that's the one thing, isn't it? Does he, does he play himself into earning another deal? Because a couple of weeks ago, I don't think any single supporter would have said Matty Dome was deserving of another deal. But if he plays like that for another 10, 12 games, whatever we have remaining, then he'll certainly be, be putting himself into contention. Uh, Jacob Ryan touched on the performance of Ollie Rathbone as well there. 
Uh, we've definitely missed him, haven't we, in the last few games. He gives us so much more energy and drive from midfield and it was one of his better performances in what's been a pretty inconsistent season as well. Yeah, and I think he protects and complements the, the two Connors as well, Grant and Shaughnessy. Um, and I think Rathbone being central with that cover either side of him and that partnership, uh, it just suits him because, you know, high-energy football like it was on Saturday is, is what Ali Rathbone's all about. Um, you know, pedestrian possession play, which is fine. I just don't think it suits him, especially when he's been, you know, put out to the left as well on occasion this season. But yeah, he, he was outstanding. And, and you could just see, I think it, it may or may not be a turning point. It might, it might fall back, but it felt like the players realised the task in hand. And I think Rathbone stood up uh, on Saturday and really, really put in a shift and, uh, and a performance to match and an unbelievable goal as well. Yeah, um, I agree with Jacob. I think what I'll touch on as well, which I think was an important point there, was Rathbone was the man in the middle of that. And no one had ever said he's a city midfielder at all. But I think what the free of the back does is negates the need for a what we've been calling a Peter Cabana or a Keith Keane to sit there in front because you've sort of got that. When you go back into a back five, you've got that man who tend to drop into the middle of a back four anyway. So... I think, yeah, I think that midfield three is really good because you've got the intensity of Rathbone, the quality of Conor Grant, which I'm excited to see in the coming months and years. And then you've got Shaughnessy, who's a bit of, more of a battler and a bit adds a bit of height for a bit of an outball as well. So, yeah, I thought Rathbone was his, his best performance of the season by a country mile. I thought it was unreal on Saturday. And made me look a bit of a dick when I called for him not to play again all season the other week. But <laughs> yeah, it was it was superb on Saturday and really good to see him back to his best. I think that's an important point though about um, you know like as accepting when we've been wrong because there've been plenty of times that I've been criticising plenty of players recently and and after a performance like that you can't criticise you can only break. It really was impressive. So I think it's important that fans realise that when we criticise it's only. Um, based on what we're seeing and then when we see something we can praise we'll definitely do that um, Luke we'll touch on Conor Grant as well in a minute but I suppose the question there in terms of that midfield three is where does it leave Aaron Morley who's pretty much been a, um, an ever present until the last couple of weeks I think it was the first time that he missed out wasn't it on Tuesday against Shrewsbury so where does it leave Aaron Morley if that midfield complements each other as well as it seems to based on those last two games um, it leaves him on the bench for the foreseeable, in my opinion, um, because the balance is, is right. I thought, um, really don't want to kind of pick out Morley after such a good performance like this, but I don't think he had a good game when he came on, and I think he was the only one that didn't. Um, just because the style, like a, like we've said now, is, is it's a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit kind of more aggressive, assertive, um, quick, and direct and that doesn't suit what Morley's all about and how we've been using Morley all season. Um, does Morley have it in him to um, kind of earn his right back into a starting level in a team that's playing like that? I think he, he's got the ability um, but it's the ping um, that he's got and kind of you know his passing range and it's just to be honest I'd rather see him almost in a back three. Not that I'm actually kind of like suggesting that's what we should do. But when he played in, in, in defence against Doncaster, he was sound and maybe in a back three, he'd be more protected where you don't get kind of caught out physically as much. But 
that's just me kind of like thinking on the top of my head now around playing to his strengths because he has got his strengths that, um, you know, and he has got some quality strengths. But in this team right now, I think we've established a balance and that's key for us. So, you know, for where it leaves Morley, it leaves him on the bench for the foreseeable. No, I think a thing with Morley as well is that we forget his age and he's played probably 30-odd league games this year. You know, if he just happens to make a few appearances off the bench this season, it's still a phenomenal season stats-wise and will be unbelievable for his development. I think, you know, for a player like him to come off the bench, especially with his you know, set-piece prowess like he's shown this season, he could, he could squeeze into that back three if, we, if we're desperate again and we find ourselves, you know, stuck for injuries. Um, you know, Conor Grant may burn out. You know, he's only a young lad and he's playing a lot of minutes at the minute. So I think, you know, it's not it's not any detriment to, to Aaron Morley in the season that he's had if he doesn't start the next eleven games. He's still had a he's had an indifferent season. I think we, we can all accept that. But in terms of the appearances he's had for a young player who we're trying to develop as a as an asset for the football club, it's still a really uh, productive season for him. I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think. Uh, the problem with him at the minute as well is Ryan Shaughnessy is performing better. It's not been a perfect start from him, but he was good on Saturday, I thought. He's had a couple of decent performances, a couple of not-so-great ones. Um, I suppose the, diff- the the issue would be that if you have both Shaughnessy and Morley in midfield, it does that does lack a little bit of intensity, doesn't it? So do you think it's Shaughnessy maybe keeping Morley out of the team more than anyone else at the moment? Um, it's tough to really say because I think I'd go the other way and think that when Lund's back in particular, you're probably talking Lund or Shaughnessy then. Obviously Lund, nine times out of ten, but you'd, you'd probably say that. And then Morley potentially taking that um, Connor Grant spot and then probably putting Morley in the middle and Rathbone to the left-hand side. Um, but yeah, I think we, I think Shaughnessy's been, been good, to be fair. I think he... There were a lot of, you know, the game on Saturday that looked ugly from him. I think there were a couple of passes in the second half that went astray. I think there were like three or four passes in a row that went straight to one of their men. Um, but it's tiredness. You, I think you forget, is he 24, 25, I think? And he's, he's not played much football. Um, so it'll be a tiredness now. But I don't see Morley coming in for Sean or C at all. Um, I think it's probably mainly because of a height. I think it'd be Lund rather than Morley who'd swap for him, but I'm similar to those two. I think I'd rather see Morley in a mid in a back three than the midfield at the minute because he's just not got that intensity that Grant and um, Rathbone bring to the party, which was key on Saturday and looks good last week. To be fair, yeah, Luke. I think we've got to give some serious credit to Conor Grant as well, haven't we? Because in his first few appearances, although there were some nice touches, the game did pass him by a little bit, which is to be expected, having made the step up to men's football. But he seems to be uh, progressing quite well, doesn't he, and growing into his role quite quickly for such a young player. Yeah, I agree. He's, um, he looks talented, doesn't he? He's, he's very comfortable on the ball. And um, you know, I think it's a common kind of saying in football, isn't it? How players look like, uh, the good players look like the got time on the ball at, at all times and um, he kind of strikes me as that he's he's very comfy I mean to the point where to the point where he kind of doesn't look arsed even when he's got the ball but I think it's quite deceiving to the opposition when someone's like that it almost kind of baits them in to kind of uh, make a challenge and he's got quick feet so 
Um, his performances have gone from strength to strength, and um, hopefully it's another kind of rabbit out of the heart as far as uh, signing is, um, because a couple of weeks ago we were kind of suggesting that these players might not be ready for the fight and the battle, and, um, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, and now, you know, we're kind of talking about... Um, the, the, the positive attributes and, and what they are bringing to the team. So I think it's just important, Jacob alluded to it, Burnout, you know, maybe even Aaron Molly has got a bit of that because he's played so many games at the age that he's at. And um, we'll have to be careful with how we manage it with the likes of Sean and Grant because um, they haven't got that many games under the belt so far in the careers, um, be it through injuries maybe for, for Sean and um, just his age for Grant. So... Um, yeah, really excited. Of, of kind of, he's one of them players that I'm enjoying watching. Um, you feel like he's kind of uses the ball well, and he does make stuff happen. So um, yeah, he's looking a good one. Yeah, certainly, and certainly plenty of positives from this weekend's performance. Uh, Jacob, where do you stand with that now? Because I don't know if you were the same as us, but I think after the last few defeats before this game. I think most supporters were kind of feeling that relegation was starting to look like an inevitability. Obviously, now we're off the bottom of the table, two points away from from escaping the bottom four. It shows, doesn't it, just how quickly things can change when you're stuck in a relegation battle like we are. Yeah, f- football's just a it's just a crazy game. You go from one game to the next, and, and your opinions on everything just changes. It's hard to keep a level head with it all. I think I think the Sunderland performance was the returned it for me. I, I don't think that was as bad as everyone kind of suggested it was. I thought we, we, we nullified a pretty good team and created some good chance. And I thought, you know, if we can keep playing like this and, and get a result from somewhere, maybe. Um, two games stick out to me where at the mo- at that moment in time, you thought dead and buried. And that was the Burton and MK Dons. I thought, you know, this is this is as low, low as a snake's belly. But um, I, I think the fight on Saturday... They've got to back it up now. There's no point. There's no point that being a, a flash in the pan. We've we've got to play Peterborough thinking we can win. It's as simple as that. We we might not, but we've got to match that performance for eleven games now. Uh, and I've got hope. I've, I've got hope. I think the last three performances for me uh, have been a, a, sl- a turning point. And I think each game, Sunderland, Shrewsbury, um, and the game on Saturday, Lincoln. Forgot we played them for a minute. Um, yeah, I think they've been gradually improve, uh, gradual improvements. Um, and yeah, there's some fight in that team, as we saw by the celebrations. You can look into that as much as you want, but I think the they are all buying into this. You know, it's do or die now. Yeah, Ryan. I think what, one thing that I, I've never sort of gone against BBM with, although I've criticised them a lot in the last month or two is the fact that the players were playing for him. I, I always felt that the players were fully behind him. I just felt that perhaps things had gone slightly too far. Obviously, Saturday's result makes that not the case, but obviously there's still a long way to go. Um, just how important is that team spirit and that togetherness behind the manager going to be in the next 10, 12 games? It's massive. It's massive for the rest of this season. Um, for, you know... You, you look at some of the personalities in the team and you can imagine, you know, when we get beat, a couple of them digging someone out. There might be bickers, but then I imagine on a Monday morning when we're back in training, it's all Rosie again and be, be stuck to task. So but it's going to be key. Um, and I think the longevity of it all could work in our favour. A lot of teams have changed a manager um, recently, which we all saw as a positive at the time. It could, could work for them. They could get that bounce. Um, but at the same time, the players are probably still finding out about those managers and 
things can turn very quick quickly for players when a manager just comes in. So the fact that we've got a group who who all know each other and know how each other work could actually work in our favour. And I think you look at the end of his season now and with the Schwinden and Wimbledon game being called off, um, we've got three games now which we can really attack in Peterborough, Ipswich and Portsmouth who are all up there sort of um, games which we're not expecting to win like we, like Saturday. But then the end of a season when you stick Wimbledon and Swindon into a mix, there's some going to be some big games in that running. Um, so that's going to be big for us. And I think, yeah, the players are clearly behind him. I don't think that's ever been in doubt though. And I think some people have seen that as a negative at points, thinking perhaps he's too pally. I don't see it like that. I think it's it's a big thing that, and I think, um, yeah, we'll see what happens, but it's going to be exciting, that's for sure. Yeah, exciting or nerve-wracking, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Luke, I suppose, not to, not to really put a downer or, or anything on what's, what was a great performance and a great result, but I suppose at the time that it's come, it was really needed for the club, wasn't it? There was a lot of negativity following the fans forum and what have you last week. How important is it that, that there isn't too much of an overreaction and that people remain kind of switched on and kind of focused on what's happening off the field at the club when there's a lot of, not negative, well, yeah, negativity, but there's a lot of questions being asked and how important is it that supporters don't just sort of focus on those positives and realise that, you know, there's still questions to be answered by by the board and the directors and what have you? Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's vital. Um, I'm sure the club will see it as a kind of a welcome um, distraction when we get a result and a performance like we did on Saturday. But um, there's still things that came out of that fans forum that left a lot of kind of unanswered questions, I suppose. And, um, you know, I think when a club's on a bad run, like we have been, um, the scrutiny at every angle and there's been scrut- probably more scrutiny at the football club and now it's ran on the board as a result of the performances and the results on the pitch and it kind of turns out that um, that's you know it's probably been a good thing really um, it reminds the, the people that are running the football club that um, the fans are still the ones that they have to hand- answer to in many respects um, so it's still you know one result and one performance doesn't change you know everything but um, we spoke about it last week around the downward momentum that it felt like we were on as a football club. Uh, like Jacob said, football's a weird one because if we can gather momentum from last week, um, it's going to give us every chance to kind of stay in the league um, and, and do our bit on the pitch. But yeah, you're right, Dean. Kind of, there's still things going on at the football club that don't, don't kind of feel right at this moment in time for sure. And um, I suppose it's just important that as a fan base, you can kind of differentiate between the two. Yeah, I think there's a long way to go with that, isn't there? Um, there's going to be plenty more to happen around that in the coming weeks. So I don't think there's any chance that supporters will be wholly distracted by it, even if we find ourselves picking up some more points. Um, Jacob, Luke touched on the need for a little bit of momentum now. It's Peterborough on Saturday. Obviously, we haven't got the best record against them. Lost 4-1 there earlier in the season. But what are your thoughts ahead of that game? Are you optimistic now following Saturday's performance? Um, Posh have got Sammy Smodix missing as well, which is a big miss for them. Can we cause another bit of a shock on Saturday, do you think? I think Saturday's game gives everyone hope. I think if we'd have got a, a battering on Saturday, you think in Peterborough at home and you know, the players they've got going forward is frightening. The money they've spent in the summer is you know frightening at this level. 
Um, and yeah, I think we've got a chance because I think, like of like we alluded to before, I think we found a system that suits us. We we can be aggressive against teams. We're playing 40, 50 yards further up the pitch, and uh, and we can we can pen teams in, but fundamentally, their their quality would suggest that uh, they should be beating us. But um, Luke said momentum is is an unbelievable weapon in football. Uh, we've got momentum, um, and yeah, things can change. I know Burton did them last week, and you know they've won six, seven in a row. That could be us, um, but we've we've just got to keep playing the way we did on Saturday, and we'll give ourselves uh, the best chance. But yeah, Smodic's being out is, is key. But the worry for me is always the, the big player in this league. Like you know, I think you mentioned on the podcast, Charlie White. You know, Johnson Clark Harris felt like he could have had twenty six goals when we played them away. Um, so if we can stop that threat. Um, first and foremost, then we'll give ourselves a chance of not being fallen down at half-time. Yeah, I suppose you'd hope with O'Connell and Osho in there that there'd be a little bit more height and strength, wouldn't you? But it's not always the case with Dale, as we've seen in the last couple of years. It's always been an issue for us. Um, Ryan, the, the other big news today, it's not really something that we usually concern ourselves with as Dale fans, but international call-ups have caused a bit of a stir, haven't they? It's meant that uh, some of Dale's upcoming games will be suspended, postponed due to international call-ups. It, it looks like there's going to be a few Dale players away on international duty. What do you make of that? It means a couple of weeks without a game, um, but those Swindon and Wimbledon matches will now be later in the season and there's a chance that players like Matt Lund and Jake Beasley will be back and that could actually prove to be pivotal for us, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I welcomed it, to be honest. I think Although it would be quite nice to be playing Wimbledon after beating Lincoln and then potentially Peterborough. Um, but I think the rest will do as good. Not even the rest necessarily, because I'm sure they'll be on the training pitch um, more than usual. But getting players back, I think at the forum, it sounded like Lund was a couple of weeks away. Um, Jimmy Ryan was more, weren't he? But there were, there were a couple of other players who were, who were close, Beasley, like you said. So to get a, pretty much a fully fit squad back by the time we play... Um, I think it's Ipswich on Good Friday. I think it'd end up being then, maybe one before it. Um, it'd be massive for us. Um, and then get those two games out of the way. And then we've got some teams who are in and around us and, and beatable, like like your crew and your Fleetwood, who are yeah, above us, but we can beat them. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who the players are. Because when I read the article, it didn't necessarily say they were our players, but putting two and two together, you'd imagine they are. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting, Matt, because Bazunu's obviously one. You'd imagine Roberts probably is. I don't know who the others will be. Maybe McLaughlin. But, yeah, it's welcomed by me, although, like we were saying in the group chat earlier, I hate international breaks, and it makes it even worse when Rochdale aren't playing. Um, so that'll be a bit of a depressing week. But, yeah, um, I think it'll be good for for Easter weekend and we've got everyone back. Yeah, it's another one of those things, isn't it, that we don't normally have to concern ourselves with having to miss out on a game during international breaks. So yeah. it'll be slightly disappointing and annoying to not have a Dale game that weekend. I think um, Connor Grant will be one of the other ones who'll be going away because he's played for Ireland under-20s a few times. And there's even a possibility, I suppose, if he's fit, that Matt Lund could be um, involved with Northern Ireland as he has been a few times before. Uh, Luke, another story that came out with the international call-ups was the news that Robert Sanchez has been called up to the Spain squad. Um, that is incredible news, isn't it? Given that he was still a Dale player 
this time 12 months ago. Does that, I know that I've kind of criticised again in the last few weeks that the, the way that the club utilise loans, but does that kind of success story really um, vindicate the club in a way, in the way that they attract players to the, to the club to develop and clearly go on to a higher level as Sanchez has been a, a massive um, plus point on that front? Yeah, it's a big selling point, isn't it, when we're going to um, Premier League clubs, um, kind of pitching to them. Because I imagine that's kind of what it's like. It's like a pitching process of kind of, this is how we'll develop your player. This is the manner in which we play. Um, and then you conclude it with, oh, and here's a long list of players that we've done this for, for your rivals as well. So we've got a track record of it. Um, better than most, I think, in this league. So... You know, it'd be great for us to do that and say, you know, allude to the likes of uh, Norrington Davis and, and Sanchez, who's now playing regular Premier League football. But to follow that up with uh, him getting called up to the, you know, the, the Spain squad, um, it's just that extra level. Um, and, you know, fair play, I think. I, I see why, especially this season, that's been more important than ever, really, um, because of the budget and, and the manner in which we can kind of get deals done on the cheap really with these with these you know younger Premier League players. Um and it bodes well for future recruitment, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that I don't think any of the lone players have been quite up to the same standard as Sanchez and Norrington Davies this season. But at the same time you're not going to get two players of that quality every season coming playing for a League One side. So uh yeah but a great success story and I'm sure everyone at the club's absolutely delighted for Sanchez. Uh he was a popular figure with us, wasn't he? So that's great news for him. Um, Jacob, I'm going to come to you with our last question before we, uh, before we kick on with the quiz. Whenever we have someone on who's not like a, a normal, usual guest, um, I, I like to ask them about their general feelings towards BBM and, and sort of the direction the club's going in. I know from your Twitter feed that you are one of the more positive Dale fans, uh, along with Ryan and a few others. But uh, how impressed have you been with BBM in his, in his tenure um, as a Dale manager for, for a couple of years now. How do you see uh, the future on the BBM now that we know that he's going to be here for, for a longer period? Yeah, uh, tough question. Um, I think I think it's one of those. I, I've, I've tried recently to, to almost detach myself from how much I like the bloke um, because I think that that works, that can work in two ways. You know, when the going's going bad, you can almost be too defensive of him. And when the going's going well, you think he's the next Guardiola. I think the job he's done um, has been, I think last, I think that when he kept us up was an amazing turnaround. Um, so he's got, he's got credit in the bank for that. Uh, I think last year, I think his recruitment and in terms of and a reduced budget, um, bringing the club back together, there was almost like additional disillusionment with the fans and, and the squad. I think he brought that back together and brought people like me on side anyway. Um, and I think this year he's been dealt a tough, tough hand. Um, my, my biggest criticism, I think I've mentioned it before in this podcast, is he just had this, you know, unwillingness to to move away from a shape where we were making the same mistakes week in, week out, and you just knew after five, ten minutes, we were going to be one nil down to a to a corner or, or across from deep. Um, but I think he's arrested that recently. In, in, in my view, I, I'm happy with the extension. Um, you know, if we go down, we, we go down. We've been down a tough hand this year. Yeah, fair enough. We can play that card all we like. It's not ideal we've gone down. And I think, Dean, you've mentioned a few times that maybe 
if we if we brought a new manager, we might have had a better chance of staying up this year. But it's then what you know. If we want to be the club where we bring in John Sheridan, and Ronnie Moore to keep us up for the last twelve games of every season, that will only last so long. I think what we've got with, with BBM is is a long term vision. It, it may go wrong, and we may lose the last eleven games, look like an idiot. But I, I think he holds the best interests at heart. He's clearly a talented young manager. Um, and I think we're really lucky to have him. Uh, I really do. Um, but yeah, he's got a big task in his hand this season. And if he keeps us up this year, he's done phenomenal, um, in my in my view. Yeah, I, I can't have any criticism towards him if we stay up because I, I felt we were going to get relegated at the start of the season. And that, to be honest, I have for a long time. I, I still do. Um, but, but time will tell. It's going to be a very interesting, very nerve-wracking few weeks, as we've mentioned before. Um, and what I would say as well is that I agree in terms of the long-term picture. I think it's good to, to have a plan in place that even if BVM was to move on, I would like us to, to try not to move too far away from that and go for a, a Sheridan, for example. But I understand that, that that's a very difficult thing to do if you're trying to get that new manager bounce and keep that continuity. It's just pretty much impossible. So, yeah, good answer. Um, we'll move on to, to the... Uh, to the quiz then um i was looking for a, like a, an iconic sort of rochdale peterborough game because that's who we've got this weekend but we usually get battered by them so i was struggling a little bit um so i've gone for dale's last home win over peterborough it was um in november of 2017 uh dale won 2-0 uh, 25th of november so the rules are as you know guys um any player to have been in dale's squad that day uh, and Jacob, I'm going to come to you first as you're our guest, uh, and then we'll go to Luke just because I like Ryan being last because it winds him up. So uh, you can go first, mate. Any any play from Dale's squad in that game against Peterborough, 25th of November 2017. I think that's the game where Rathbone man marked Madison, wasn't it? Um, and it was an unbelievable. Yeah, Ollie Rathbone. That was a, a masterclass in man marking. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. I'll go for Hendel. Yeah, Ian Henderson. Josh Lewis. Yeah, Josh Lewis is correct. This is already an improvement on the last few weeks, by the way. Rafferty? Yeah, Joel Rafferty. Camps? Yeah, Callum Camps scored uh, Dale's second. Uh, Arison McGay. Yeah, that's correct, McGay. McNulty? Correct. Calvin Andrew? Yeah, Calvin Andrews scored Dale's first. Oh. <laughs> Sick of his name. <laughs> um, Joe Bunny. Yeah, Joe Bunny's correct. This is a good effort, guys. 17. Where did we finish that year? A top half finish. Joey T, weren't it? Joey, Joey T. Last game of the season. Was it that season? Right, that helps me a bit. Um, I'm not going to go Joel Thompson now because that's probably too obvious. Um, Matty Dolan? Yeah, Matt Dolan's correct. Oh. Inman? Yeah. Incorrect. No, Brad Inman. I'm assuming he was injured because I'm pretty sure he was with us that oh. season. Unlucky. Luke. Damn it. I'm dying to go to your Thompson here. <laughs> Stephen Davis. Yeah, Stephen Davis was on the bench. Didn't come on, but on the bench. Got away with one there, right? Mark Kitchen. 
Yeah, Mark Kitchen's another one who, who was an unused sub. Where's he come from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Middlesbrough's reserves, I think it was. Andy Cannon. Yeah, Andy Cannon is another unused sub. Getting hard now. Getting hard. Um... I think I can count five that are missing. Do you have a starting 11? Um, there's one player missing from the starting 11. I think it's a mid- I think it's a mid- oh, left back or midfielder. Who's left back? <sighs> Struggling here. Um, quick. Um, oh, goodness me. I know when you mention the pauses in the uh, when I'm listening to this at work now, I know where it comes from. <laughs> oh, um, this isn't the worst, mate. Don't worry. It's might the, be the worst of this. <laughs> Trying to think of the sub keeper. Who was that? Oh, you just give me one, I think. Yeah. Oh, great. I don't think I can come up with one. Um, Zach Clough, but I think he signed in January. Yeah, incorrect. There's no Zach Clough. So, unfortunately, Ryan takes another victory. No, no I don't think so. This week. Um, so, the, play, the, the five that were missing uh, Donovan Daniels was the, was the one missing from the starting 11. Uh, and then unused uh, sorry and then the substitutes um, Brendan Moore was the subkeeper uh, Kosey and Clay Matt Gillum and Jordan Sloop who both came off the bench uh, in the latter stages so yeah uh, a victory for Ryan unfortunately this week uh, well done Ryan um, all that's left for me to say then well we'll be back on Thursday actually I did, I did just want to give a shout out to um, a guy called Luke Williamson as well who's produced a really nice um, print of Spotland from the, the junction at Sandy Lane and Wilberts Lane. Um, I, I've spoken to him a few times. He's a really nice guy. And he kind of, I, I called him out on not having any Dale-related stuff on his Etsy site. So he went and, uh, and produced this print and it's really good. Um, you can find it on our Twitter. I've tweeted it. Or you can just Google Luke Williamson Art uh, and you'll find it there. Um, so yeah, go and check that out. Um, we'll be back hopefully later this week with a, a former player joining us for a chat. So look forward to that. Uh, and all that's left for me to say in this episode is, uh, Jacob, thanks very much for giving up your time and joining us tonight. No worries. Thanks again for having me. Enjoyed that. Uh, Ryan, thanks. Oh, thank you. That was much better, wasn't it? <laughs> better. Uh, Luke, cheers, mate. Cheers, lads. Catch you all next time. Up the day up.